0: Hello my name is Stuart Taylor and I'm this week's host of the Sports Huddle. The Sports Huddle is the brainchild of the Leeds Hospital radio sports team and the general idea is that for the next half hour or so we take a look at what's been happening in the world of sports over the last few days with a heavy West Yorkshire flavour mixed in. This week, I'm joined by my Leeds Hospital Radio Sports colleagues, uh, Jim Walker and Tony Choke, to do just that. So, hi, Jim, and hi,
1: Tony. Hello, Stuart. Hello, everybody. Hi,
0: Stuart. Hi. So, as ever, a full agenda. As we run the rule over our local West Yorkshire football sides, we'll review the Ryder Cup, if we must... Uh, we we'll take a view, we'll take a view on Yorkshire County Cricket Club's season that's uh, that's finally ended, and last but not least, we'll assess Leeds Rhinos' chances of another grand final appearance. So we'll crack on, and uh, first of all, let's um, dip into the world of football, and uh, we'll start with Leeds United, uh, who lost two one at home to West Ham at the weekend. I was actually fortunate enough to to be there as part of the Leeds Hospital. Um, sport commentary team and what a great game it was actually with 35 attempts on goal, Uh, Leeds led at half time through an excellent strike by Rafinha Um, but West Ham certainly um, were the better side in the second half particularly after Rafinha was substituted midway through that second half and uh, Leeds finally succumbed to a last minute winner from Mikel Antonio so Leeds now sit in the bottom three It's uh, only the second time in Leeds history that they've failed to win any of their first six games of a top flight campaign. That last happened in 1935-36. So, Tony, should we be pressing the panic
2: button? I don't think we should be pressing the panic button. We might be pressing the slightly concerned button, I guess. Uh, And there is no doubt, I think, that this game against Watford on Saturday at home is uh, absolutely crucial. Uh, I think they do need to win that because the problem that Leeds have had really is that uh, is that they haven't had um a sort of uh, a gimme in those first six matches. Uh, I mean they've they've played a couple of teams that are down near the bottom in Newcastle and 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 Burnley. Uh, but those are away from home and it's you know it's this year it's a different uh, different game altogether with crowds present, because Leeds, I think, won more games away from home than they did at home last season. But with, with an away crowd to face, that it, that makes that much more difficult. They've had to play Man United and Liverpool, one at home, one away. Um, and they, they've played, obviously, Everton and, and West Ham, who I think, from memory, both won at uh, Ellen Road last year they uh, So they're, they're, yeah. they're decent sides the, the slightly worrying thing I think is uh, Is it 15 goals conceded in the first Six matches and th- that, that has to be A cause for concern um, There were mitigating factors last Week a lot of players out injured I'm not sure Who's likely to be coming back this week uh, but I think it, it is important that they, that they get back on, on the winning trail. Uh, the West Ham game, I only saw the highlights, obviously. Um, I saw both the games live last year when there was a lot of stuff on uh, on television, of course, live with the pandemic. Uh, and uh, West Ham, to me, last season in those two games kind of bullied Leeds. They, they were physically a lot stronger. I don't know whether that was the, the case. I don't mean they, they ran better and uh, more stamina or anything like that. They just looked a bigger side um and i think they scored from set pieces last year that didn't seem to be the, the, the case this year but but um unfortunately again like last year's game they came from behind to win 2-1 so not the panic button uh, but i think if if they don't uh, if they don't get certainly at least something out of this game against Watford at the weekend um then the worry button might be pressed
0: yeah yeah i mean there was a fantastic atmosphere inside uh, Road on, on Saturday, last Saturday afternoon, and uh, Leeds certainly gave as good as they got in the first half and probably just about shaded it and uh, were worth their 1-0 lead, although West Ham actually did create the clearer chances in the first half and uh, uh, could, certainly could have gone in at least level. Uh, but it, it struck me in the second half that with the substitution of Rafinha halfway through that second half, then Leeds lost a lot of the creative um, um, Ability and, and and West Ham really sort of pressed on in the uh, in the sort of
2: latter stages, as it were. What was yeah. the thinking behind that that substitution, Stuart? I, I, well, I, I was a bit was, surprised when I saw it. Mm. Uh, uh, we were
0: uh, colleague Steve Fountain and I were 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 very very surprised, given that uh, he was the, he was the standout player on the pitch without a doubt up to that. And in given Aaron Creswell, the experienced West Ham fullback, their runaround. Uh, but apparently, he has to come off. Um, he, he, got a knock in the, he got a knock in the face in the first half, and then mm. just about two minutes or so before he went off, I didn't mention on commentary that he seemed to be rubbing his hamstrings and looking towards the bench. Uh, so, you know, he, right. he clearly decided that uh, mm. he, he couldn't make it through to full time, and, uh, 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 and off he went. But, um, Jim, the. the Tony's already mentioned um, the number of shots that, um, uh, or the number of goals that Leeds have conceded. And in fact, they've actually faced more shots on target than any other team in the Premier League so far uh, this season. And if you allied that with probably a a lack of potency so far at the attacking end, uh, does that create a sort of double problem for Leeds at this stage to overcome?
1: Well, in ESM it does uh, because uh, if you get behind that always puts a bit of extra pressure on the front players anyway um, and therefore um, if you know you're going to have to score at least two because you're always going to concede one that mm. makes it doubly difficult and sides, once they've scored against you, then batten down the hatches and that that makes it more more complicated. So um i think you're right about that i agree with tony that um um they have played some decent sides uh, so far and I, I i would expect them to win on saturday um but um it's before this international break again mm-hmm. um, and uh, i'm always bothered with these international breaks that um players are going off here there and everywhere else um long journeys perhaps a bit of quarantining and everything else, and so when people come back, it's a bit of a lottery as to whether you get 11 fit first-team players back or or what happens, and I'm not sure you may know this, what's happening with the Brazilian quintet this year, this time, because last time, of course, they they didn't go, did they? But there there was a discussion about whether they were going to be going off to play for Brazil, and, of course, that would affect Rafinha, wouldn't it?
0: It would, and, and I haven't seen anything uh, so far. What uh, one way or t'other actually, about that. I don't know whether you have, Tony. But, um, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, no, but, yeah,
2: you know, I haven't the other,
1: it. the other factor that worries me a bit is this uh, speculation or uh, sort of dangling a toe in the water about Phillips um, and whether um, he's uh, being pursued by um, some of the top teams. Because if that is the case. I think there's a there's a lot of cases drew which says that tends to affect a player's performance because they're they're uh, you know they're wondering well am I going to be here next year and so on and so forth so um I think that's unfortunate that uh that has broken at the time that it that it has um and uh, uh, I don't think that helps leeds' leeds's plight. but um i I think they're still strong and when they get Full team back fit. I mean, injuries can have such a devastating effect. If you've not got a massive squad, um, and you lose a couple of key players, um, it is amazing how you can suddenly start to lose games and, and, and teams begin to match your style. And, um, and it is a second season effect. People get used to how you play, um, and they, they sort of all organize against it. And I think you'll see the Mm -hmm. same thing with Brentford eventually um mm. that's why mm. i always i always remember that you know people say that you always want to play a promoted you never want to play a promoted team in the first few matches because nobody's analyzed them um mm. and they believe they're going to do well so they run like the clappers um and it, it you need to have them played for about a dozen or more matches and then people work them out and then that's that's it sort of thing and uh, people begin to know how to play against them yeah. so um so i I don't, I don't worry for Leeds because I think there's, there's at least five or six other teams well worse than they are, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you don't want to get cast adrift. So, um well, the defence certainly needs to tighten up.
0: Yeah, it, it sure does. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave Leeds for now. Although maybe next week we might talk about, um so I suppose allied to the second season effect. So I've got a theory about the. The likes of Stuart Dallas and Mateus Klick, who of course are playing in front of 35,000 fans now, uh, rather than uh, an empty ground, which is more like which was more like a training ground uh, exercise for the last uh, 12 months, and whether that's having an impact, maybe that's for another day. But uh, anyway, Leeds are at home to Watford on Saturday. Um, we're not going to call it a must-win game, but it would certainly be a, a welcome three points to, uh, to kickstart the season and. Uh, Just to um, mark your card at this stage uh, for Leeds Hospital Radio listeners who might be unfortunate enough to still be um, um, in a bed at the hospital on Saturday, uh, we'll be covering that match live and in full uh, from three o'clock at Ellen Road. So let's move on uh, to, we'll talk about uh, Huddersfield Town briefly. Uh, very good win um, earlier on in the week, midweek against uh, an informed Blackburn side. A Danny Ward double southern to a 3-2 victory. Uh, the remaining seventh place. Um, Carlos Corbran seems to be making his mark on Town now. Who wants to pick that up?
2: Well, yeah, they do seem to be uh to well obviously they they're at the right end of the table whereas there seems mm. a lot of last year at the wrong end of the table um so clearly something is starting to go right i I think they might have hoped to get something it was at Swansea last week when they they, yeah. they lost down there, which have been disappointing. They got a tricky game this week, I see they're going to to Luton. i think are just a, about yeah. the same place in the table as they are, maybe a couple of slots behind. Uh, and Luton um, uh, turned Coventry over in real style the other night, I think, didn't they? Um,
0: yeah, 5-0. No, it's,
2: it's not uh, going to be an easy one there at all. So I think that, that, that will be a, a real test of their mettle. Uh, and if they can come away with something from that, then that really does auger well for things going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Jim, any views on Huddersfield?
1: No, I mean, I think the, the championship... To be honest, um, even at this stage, you can say there's there's only really three or four teams in it. And I think they're the ones that are up there. And I think all the rest are scrambling to see if they can get into the playoffs. But for me, you know, Fulham, West Brom seem to be well above the rest. And uh, um, and I think what I always say about the championship is uh, it's often the managers who've got the experience that can transform a fairly average sort of team into quite a good outfit and so you know you always look where warnock is and you know middlesbrough seem to be doing well all of a sudden um so uh, um, always watch the manager and uh, if you get an experienced sort of gnarled manager mm. uh, it's amazing what they can achieve
0: yeah yeah i'll probably th- throw bournemouth into the mix and also Stoke City. I think they're a team to watch this season. Uh, Michael O'Neill, the former Irish manager, is there now. Uh, and he's, a, he's had a right old clear out, I think, of uh, some of the prima donnas who were on uh, um, top-end wages, cleared them all out during the summer and brought some mm. uh, some decent quality in. And uh, um, th- they've started the season really well. And uh, I- I'd certainly expect to see Stoke in the playoffs come the end of the season, if uh, at the very least. So that's uh, that's town and uh, let's see how they go uh, against uh, who who can who can predict what Luton will do. I mean that was just <laughs> a, a great victory yeah. on, on Saturday. So we'll we'll see how that one goes. Uh, in Division Two, um, we'll talk about we'll talk about Harrogate actually in a minute. But uh, just to mention the uh, Bradford City, the Bantams uh, started the season really brightly. Um, but that just feels like a distant memory now. Without a winning seven in all competitions, without a winning five in the league, uh, they're now sitting in twelfth in the in, in the table. They brought in Derek Adams as the manager over the summer. He, Adams having secured promotion for for Morecambe, um, uh, first time ever in, in Division One, but immediately left them for uh, uh, for the promised land of Valley Parade. Uh, but um, just this, they appear to uh, appear to have stalled, and, um, and certainly after quite a strong recruitment campaign, um, uh, Bantams fans will be getting a bit nervous. And they've got a big game on Saturday against Rochdale at Valley Parade, which uh, um, you know I think fans will be expecting them to get back on track. But let's talk about Harrogate. We've got two Harrogate residents on the uh, on, on the programme. Or, or close enough to Well, uh,
1: Yeah, clo- close-ish, I suppose. Yeah. Close-ish. <laughs> close-ish. You can be adopted, Tony, for the purpose of this conversation. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> close-ish.
0: So, Jim, yeah, Harrogate. Harrogate Town, third in the league currently. Come on, Jim. Sellers, Harrogate Town. Why should we go and watch them?
1: Uh, go and watch them because they've got a pretty settled side. They've recruited well in the summer. Uh, and in Armstrong and Muldoon, they've got people who know where the goal is. Got a good goalkeeper. The Slight downside for this weekend uh, is that two of the defence are out. Uh, McCardle is injured, but they've got Smith to come in for him. Um, But the left back is also injured, Um, and so not quite sure what's going to happen there. But they're playing um, Oldham, who are right down at the bottom. Um, But they've not won. uh, Harrogate haven't won for three games now, a couple of draws. So I think they're looking to get back on the winning trail. Um, on uh, uh on Saturday um having had a pretty disappointed goalless and pretty boring by all accounts huh. match last weekend against Stevenage um so uh so I think three points on Saturday will definitely uh, set them up um and is expected to be honest I mean Oldham are pretty much in the doldrums and Harrogate've got to capitalize on that but they've got Full strength midfield. They've, they've got diamond back from Sunderland on loan. Uh, the centre of the pitch looks strong. Um, uh, recruited Pattison from Middlesbrough. Um, and, um, uh, slightly unfortunately, I think Forest Green are likely to win because they're at Carlisle. Um, but, uh, Leighton Orient are playing Port Vale. Now, Port Vale are a bit of a nuisance really because they well and truly, uh, um, saw off Harrogate, um, and game Harrogate's lost this season, um, and uh, played with some some ability. So we could do with a bit of that against Leighton Orient on Saturday, so that uh, Harrogate can leapfrog them. But uh, but yeah, things mm. things are good, and uh, I think particularly the recruitment over the summer has been first class.
0: Brilliant. Well, I, I'm, I have to say, Jim, I'm impressed by your encyclopedic knowledge of what is going on in, in League Two. That was a great rundown. Thank you very much. Tony, I've I, I relocated you to Harrogate. So yeah. I, know, I think you said at one stage that um, uh, one of your ex-colleagues from Radio Leeds is uh, still on the on the mic at, at Harrogate
2: Town for, for Radio York. Yeah um I thought he was but I think maybe Barry does 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 York City now actually uh but he uh, he certainly was uh, one of the uh, the the, the uh, radio york commentators and he, he, Barry Parker uh I think he may do York City now but I think he did do Harrogate at one time but yeah mm. ho- whoever is doing it will be enjoying yeah. the ride I mean the great thing that, that I think Harrogate have achieved is that when they went into the league for the first time last season everybody's was sort of a bit of trepidation will they establish themselves I think if you'd have told them at that stage, well, actually, a few games into the following season, you'll be in the top three. (laughs) They'd have bitten your hand off. Um, So I I think they did a a great job in in getting themselves settled in the league. They were never in any trouble last year. And uh, in fact, they were even thought at one stage they might just sneak into into the playoffs. Uh, But they had a very good uh, opening season. Um, and, and they're carrying on well this year. So it, it's great to see. And, um, you know, long may it continue, because I, I think it's really good that uh, a place like Harrogate has a football league team.
0: Yeah, here, here. So Harrogate Town playing uh, Oldham on Saturday. Good luck to Harrogate. And uh, of course, um, if you are playing Oldham Athletic, you need to know when to Oldham and when to <laughs> 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 Well, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, talk, let's talk about the Ryder Cup, um, if we must. Uh,
1: mm. So, uh,
0: yeah, a record-breaking week for Team USA and an emotional week in more ways than one for, for Team Europe and Team USA won eight of the 12 points available in the Sunday singles to cruise to a 99 victory, which I think is a, a, a record in, uh, in modern mm. Ryder, Ryder mm. Cup uh, uh, history. So... Where do you all go wrong, Tony? <laughs> uh,
2: well, I, I, I suppose we always come to every Ryder Cup and say, well, USA are heavy favourites uh, because they've got much higher ranked players, uh, that they're, uh, they're, they've got better players, uh, and they should win with something to spare. And it usually doesn't happen <laughs> because uh, uh, Europe raised their games and, and the USA seemed to, uh, to, to suffer. But it didn't happen this time. Uh, they had six rookies. Uh, who weren 't sort of burdened with the history of uh, of previous matches, I guess, and just went in and played their games uh, and You have to say they played very well um, i, I didn 't like the behavior of one or two of them. I uh, thought Justin Thomas was a disgrace the way he sort of went round waving at the crowd when he wasn 't even playing one afternoon, which uh, I thought was just just stupidity actually um, but but they played uh, they, they, they played extremely well uh, the crowd was very partisan. Um, pretty uncouth, I, I, I gather in some respects, but we expect that when, when you're playing in front of uh, American crowds at the Ryder Cup. Um, and I'm afraid, um, you know, the European players just didn't play very well for the most part. Um, John Rahm, obviously apart from the last day, did extremely well, particularly in partnership with Sergio Garcia. Uh, in the first couple of days and really, I mean, he kept them in it, if you like, uh, with, with any sort of chance. Uh, but, but, you know, the way that sort of, Rory McElroy played, uh, on the first couple of days, he was just totally out of sorts and, uh, Showed what he could do on the final day when he played very well indeed, and and, and when his singles match well as did Ian Poulter, which was, was interesting because he he sort of struggled as well. Um, so I, I think they just I don't know the the, the course to me. Um, you couldn't have found too many American courses that that could have been kind of uh, less difficult for, for the for the Europeans. I, I mean it was. Uh, uh, it wasn't a, a typical sort of target golf US course. It was quite windy at times, which you'd have thought would have helped the Europeans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it just didn't work out that way. Um, and I think you've just got to say at the end of the day that the um, the rankings worked out this time and uh, uh, the, the better players on the rankings played up to their rankings. A lot of the European players weren't particularly form, which throws, I think, a question mark over the way the team was perhaps selected. They might have to look at that before the next Ryder Cup. Um, and um, really, it was, I think, after day one, you began to think, no, this doesn't look good. And certainly after day two, uh, I didn't think there was any realistic chance at all of uh, sort of the miracle of Medina happening again. So I, I think we've just got to put that one down to experience and, and, and look to, to bounce back in Rome in a couple of years time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it really was a fiendishly difficult course. I had a feel of a Lynx course about it, actually. Yeah,
2: and, it did in many ways. Yeah, in many ways, but, And you're quite right. You, you would have
0: expected that to favour the Europeans, but it was not. Jim, any, any thoughts on Team USA? Best well, th- rugby team in history, question mark?
1: Th- th- three quick thoughts. One, the absence of Tiger Woods, I think, helped America. Mm. Um, yeah, two, um, I thought, um, whoever plays on that course um, as, a, as a member of a club, because I would think to get around that course in less than 110 <laughs> and not not lose 20 <laughs> balls must be quite an achievement, because yeah. it seemed to be horrendous. Um yeah uh and thirdly of course there was very little support for the uh Europe team um and amongst the crowds um yeah. oh fourth our fourth observation is now we're out the common market um or out the EU um should we uh, revert to it being a, a, a UK uh team and not uh, a Europe team
0: GB and Northern Ireland,
1: I think it used to be. It used to it? be yes. GB in Northern yeah. Ireland. Yeah. why it's called GB and Northern the, the athletics do that. Why, why, why do mm. they call it in the Olympics? I mean, why are we in the Olympics as GB and Northern Ireland and not the UK? I don't know. Well,
0: interesting, Interesting. just as a sideline, just to move off from sport, just to cover that actually. I read yesterday that as from yesterday, if you take your car in, into, onto mainland Europe, um, you have to remove your GB sticker yes,
1: and I replace see, it yeah.
0: with a UK sticker. Mm. And so yeah, this, yeah. I, 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 I don't know, Jim. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have no just, idea. But, just so, before
2: we move, just before we move on, you, you said the strongest Rider Cup team ever uh, from yeah. the US. I, I would question that because I've only um, ever been to one Ryder Cup, and that was the 1981 one at Walton Heath. Uh, down in Surrey, and I would say that that was probably the, the strongest ever. Wow. I mean, some of the yes. players you had in that: Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas, Hale Irwin. I mean, they just Lee Trevino. Uh, I I think you'd struggle to find a stronger team than that. Yeah, uh,
0: I'll, I'll 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 give you that. About <laughs> I'll, I'll your uh superior knowledge right let's let's move on now i'm just going to change the, uh, the the format because um what we tend to do is is we leave leave rhinos right to the to the end and a couple of words and and, and move on so before we um before we finish with yorkshire county cricket uh let's just talk about the rhinos just just briefly uh, I know this is um uh, jim we'll just take a back seat here and, and maybe just let uh, Tony just uh talk about rhinos but um these rhinos um i've got a a big match tomorrow night. Uh, They qualified right at the end of the season for the, um, uh, for the Super League playoffs and uh, went away, played away at Wigan last week and won 14 nil in what was termed the eliminator. So tomorrow night they play away at St. Helens who I think have finished second in regular season. Uh, So it's a really is a a tough assignment for them, but uh, they're, they're, they're eight, only 80 minutes away from another grand final. It couldn't happen,
2: Tony, could it? Uh, it could, it certainly could. It's got to be tough, though. Yeah, I mean, the remarkable thing about Wigan, of course, is that they went there twice in four weeks and, and Wigan didn't score a point on either occasion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they nilled right. them twice within yeah. uh, four weeks over at, 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 uh, at their ground, um, which was a terrific uh, achievement, really, although I, I gather that, that Wigan's attacking play isn't, should we say the most fluent perhaps, although yeah. uh, well, I've not seen that much of them this season to be fair. Um, so it was, it was a terrific result. Uh, if they can uh, be as successful defensively against St. Helens, uh, which is going to be a big if because uh, they have got a, a better attack, then, uh, th- then why not? I mean, I don't think for a moment they're going to nil St. Helens, however well they, they defend, but, uh, uh, why not? They will need to sharpen up their attack because they, they only scored one try, of course, last week, which was from a sort of a high kick that got tapped down and, and, and uh, the winger handily went over in the corner. Um, so they probably will need to sharpen up their attack. But uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to say it's it's uh, two teams, it's over 80 minutes, you've got to give them a chance. Uh, the warning, I suppose, is that uh, a few weeks ago they did get thumped over at St Helens in the last few uh, league games towards the end of the season. Um, I think it was the one before they played, did they play whole KR and that's when they more or less clinched uh, their, their place in the playoffs and the week before they'd lost at St Helens um, so it's going to be tough um, I, I, I think they've certainly got a chance uh, if you had to, if you ask me who I think will win um, I would have to go with St Helens with the, the home advantage and they are the cup holders, and they are a strong side, and they are de- the defending champions, of course. Um, so uh, St Helens obviously favourites, but uh, but Leeds for sure will fancy their chances. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's um, you know there's a lot to be said for peaking at the right time, I guess. That uh, the other semi-final is being played uh, this evening, and uh, it and that and is between Catalan Dragons, who won the. Uh, the league pennant uh, quite comfortably. They're playing against uh, the real surprise packet this year, which is Hulkingston Railway's current score, Catalan Dragons 12, Hulky R4, so um, that could still go either way. Oh. So we wish Leeds Rhinos all the best in their endeavours uh, tomorrow evening over the Pennines at, um, or at Border at uh, St Helens. And let's uh, let's finish tonight by reviewing the Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Uh, performers this season there's still there is one match one first class match uh going on as we record this program and uh that as we were speaking off air that match will now go into october that's the uh, that's the bob willis trophy final between uh, warwickshire and lancashire but um let's talk about yorkshire jim um season over um decent season but no trophies in the cupboard. Um, I don't know what your expectations were, Jim, at the start of the season. Um, but um, how did they match up to where Yorkshire finished? Positives and negatives. What do you think? P-
1: positives: uh, Some young players came through. John Thompson, um, Duke as the wicketkeeper, um, uh, Revis um, came through in the in the um, Liverpool Victoria bit. Um, weaknesses: batting. Uh, Lyle, Lyle, again, top scored, 819 runs, averaged 39, and Brooke got 797 in the championship. But then, after balance, you know, where, where were the rest? Um, in the, um, in the T20, um, gotta give credit to Brooke for getting 486 runs. I mean, to say how few games there are in the T20 compared to the championship, or I suppose there's not, perhaps so much difference now you know he averaged 69.42 in that so um so brook has certainly established himself in both the longer game and and the shorter game um but when you look at the t20 they did remarkably well to get through because after after brooks 486 runs um the next uh, the next highest run scorer was uh, was best would you believe mm-hmm. um 295 yeah. Um, and then after that, it was lithe at 2.32, an average of 17. Well, <clears throat> if your third best batsman in the competition averages 17, um, you really got to give great credit to, I guess, the bowlers, um, Ferguson, Thompson again, and Fisher, um, for actually digging them out of a hole. So um, I think they overachieved, to be honest. Um, but as I always say, and I say ad infinitum, um, half the half the season you don't have your team there because Milan's not there Root's not there Bateso's not there Rashid's not there um and and you know, um uh even um you know the, uh, uh, the the captain wasn't there some some of the time in the T20 stuff cuz he was on England duty as well so um you know it, who, you know, would you say to Manchester United, well, I'm sorry, you can't uh, off, off your teams away next week, but you still got to play the full match? Well, that's ridiculous. Um, well, so well,
0: I, and yeah, yeah, hang on a minute, Jim. Would Manchester United, though, for, however, sign a player who they fully expected not to be there? Because you should sign David Milan in full knowledge that uh, he was he was, was going to spend most of the season away with England, you would
1: think. I'm not so sure about that because... Um, he, he, at the time he came from Middlesex, I'm not sure he was uh, an automatic pick for, uh, for, for test matches. Yes, possibly the T20s, but it's not so much the fact that they, they're away for the games. It's the mm-hmm. fact that when they're not playing, they're told to either rest or they're told to report three weeks before the flipping game starts. And so the, so up, uh, so Yorkshire lose out in all directions, but, um, um, and I see this week they've announced that they're going back to two divisions next year, or that's a proposal, um, 10 in the first division and eight in the second. Um, I suppose it was inevitable, but um, I'm a bit disappointed in some ways because I quite like this uh, this format of uh, you play some teams to start with and then you play another different set of teams towards the end. But, mm. you know, that looks like the way it's going. Um, yeah. Everything else is going to stay the same So how well. They're going to fit it all in.
0: Uh, goodness only knows. Yeah, uh, having said that, I do have some sympathy with the uh, England uh, England debate. So Lancashire currently playing at uh, at Laws against Warwickshire, and uh, Joss Butler, who uh, lives down the road in Clapham. Um, it would have been good. It would have been great to see him play his first uh, game for Lancashire in three years at, at Lords. But um, after that, uh, after that heavy summer schedule that he's endured, he's, he's resting <laughs> alongside, yeah. uh, alongside yeah. James Anderson and Chris Wilkes, who, who played two games for Warwickshire and then is, has been deemed to have to have a rest. as He's played one test match. A couple of county games and a couple of one day games. He's having a rest. Tony, you, you've seen a lot of cricket heading this year. Um, Yorkshire so to me, just for the last two or three seasons, the, 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 the season has started with high expectation. Andrew Gale, as you would expect him to, talking about winning trophies. Um, they got, you know, they got close or they looked as though they were going to get close in the, in the 20 blast and then, uh, just sort of, threw it away at, uh, at Durham against uh, against Sussex. And similarly, in the county championship, they got to a point where you thought, actually, you're actually going to win this, uh, and then just uh, just blew it in the, in the last two games. So, so no trophies in the cupboard again. And what's, you, what's your view? Where are you on this?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, but promising, but ultimately disappointing, I suppose. Yeah, you'd put it down. I think you were, used the word at the beginning there. It was sort of a decent season, really. I mean, they, they were the only county to uh to get to the first division of the championship in its new format to get through the uh the the group stages of the 50 over and the uh the the, the 2020 competition so that that was good um some encouraging performances of youngsters i'd I'd add george hill to the ones that uh that, that jim mentioned earlier that looks hopeful for the future and that was good to see but uh Ultimately, in the Championship, the batting just wasn't good enough. I mean, yeah. the, the, the number of times that they were getting bowled out for under 250, under 200. Uh, and yes, they've got a decent attack. They've got the sort of attack that you, you sort of always feel that has a chance of taking 20 wickets. Uh, so it's ironic that they got held up at Hampshire in a match that, you know, would have really put them up there and when they couldn't take that 20th wicket. Um, but... Uh, the, the, the batting just hasn't been reliable enough. I mean, Adam Lide started off like a house on fire, scored a lot of runs in April and then nothing really until uh, he got the hundred in the last match uh, down at Trent bridge last week. Um, so the, the, the batting's just t- too inconsistent, but, but, uh, Jim, of course, makes a very valid point that uh, uh, no Root, apart from a few games at the beginning, no Bairstow, apart from a few 220 games. Uh, Milan hardly played at all. And, and uh, a lot of that wasn't to do, of course, with the fact that he was playing. I mean, he only played in two test matches. Uh, right. But he was out of the IPL at the beginning of the season. Then there were a lot of white ball games and he, he, he couldn't play because of those. Um so uh, you know it it really got uh, very messy in the end when when you 've got uh, a potential three four five of Milan root Bearster, and none of them can play then it 's going to leave a hole in anybody 's batting lineup really um uh, and, and of course, in the t twenty uh, david Willey, as 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 jim said didn 't play a lot of games um the, I think they they probably really should have got through to finals day i I thought they should have probably won that game up at Durham in the in the in the quarter final but there again of course you, you come back to the fact of well why did they have to play it at durham well because they'd arranged these quarter finals to be played the night before the headingley test match so so yorkshire are always going to be in the position if they got a home quarter final they were going to have to play away uh, the the the, the organisation of the of, of the season is a mess and, and and they really have to look at this for next season um we got to come back to it inevitably i suppose but but the 100 is a problem uh, because it drives a coach and and, and six through the uh, the county program uh, and it's just a question next year of what they choose will clash with the 100 um will it be some county championship games next year maybe would they think of playing the 50 over competition possibly at the beginning of the season a bit like the old Benson and Hedges cup in years gone by um, i, I don 't know i don 't know how they 're going to sort it out, but there 's just too many competitions at the moment um I, I suspect they might think about reducing the number of county t twenty games, maybe you know three groups of six again or something like that, so there are less group matches there might might help, but the counties wouldn 't like that so yeah all in all, as far as Yorkshire concerned, I would say um disappointing um, but but some some promising uh, moments in amongst it but how often do we say that and how long is it going to be before actually they do achieve something and win something
0: yeah i think that's the issue so thanks Terry. thanks jim uh, just um for any Lancastrians who are listening i guess we should congratulate lancashire on taking the county championship to the last uh Last hour of the season, uh, just about um, uh, without uh, the England uh, star James Anderson, of course. Um, but uh, a, a thrilling end to the county championship campaign, anyway. So
2: um, on, on on that, uh, just just chipping on that on the on, on this Bob Willis final, I, I, that, that to me, as uh, I said to you off air beforehand, that, that I think I think it's a bit of a nonsense. But yeah, Lancashire must have thought when they won that game that. They'd, really, they'd probably won the championship. Yeah. And what a downer it must have been when, when Warwickshire actually went and bowled Somerset out the next day and they lost it. And then you expect them to turn up and play a five-day game uh, at Lord's the week after. I mean, it's not really surprising it's not been much of a match.
0: I think you're right, Tony. You got Warwickshire on a high of having secured the county championship on the last day of the season, and Lancashire, who uh, thought they'd won it on the on the penultimate day and then have their hopes dashed, is just uh, you know the two that you couldn't have two more opposite ends of the emotional spectrum meeting. I don't, I don't think uh, so soon afterwards. But uh, well, well, that's been great. So I think we've we, we've overrun as we as we normally do. <laughs> But uh, (laughs) we've managed to knock off quite a bit of stuff there. So uh, it's my thanks to Jim. It's my thanks to Tony. And I'll draw the sports huddle uh, for this week to a close. It just leaves me to say that um, um, if you are listening uh, from the Lease hospitals, we just wish you uh, as speedy as possible a return to good health. In the meantime, I wish you all well. And uh, thank you, Jim. And thank you, Tony.